Dungeons and Dopamine. Welcome to episode 38 of Dungeons, Dungeons and Dopamine. Dopamine. I'm Brie. I'm Jess. I'd like you to know that I point at myself when I do that, <laughs> just in case. You do. <laughs> just in case somebody watching needs to know which one is Brie. It's and, me. I mean, I like to think that I'm the only one watching. <laughs> <laughs> you would think so. No guarantees, no guarantees. <laughs> I mean, you are sitting in front of the window, mm-hmm. so. Depends on the binoculars, I guess. <laughs> Telescope. <laughs> S- scope, like gun sight. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I see a dark dot turn. On you, I'll let you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Duck! <laughs> so, Zach watches a lot of car shows because that's what he does. And there's a new one. And it's some sort of cars and history mix, plus they're funny. I don't know. It was actually really good. Oh, But they have some sort of animation that very cleverly animates whatever they're saying. And it's it's not super high quality, but it was pretty well done. And I'm looking at Zach and I was like, I need you to figure out how to do that. So that something can just animate everything Jessica and I say. (laughs) So we can put it on YouTube. And it would be amazing. So... I tried to get AI to create animations for our clips that mm-hmm. I've been putting out recently. How's that going? The clips are a blast. I actually, <laughs> so AI costs money to make oh, right. animations, which I guess makes sense. But I decided that I was just going to do what I could do in Canva. And I knew it was going to look sort of janky, so I leaned into it. <laughs> and I made our little logo characters Mm -hmm. us which i've always pictured them as us anyway yeah Uh, well duh (laughs) (laughs) and apparently i made the purple one me because that's where my voice comes from Mm -hmm. and i made the green one you which is because that's where your voice comes from Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even like a like a chosen thing (laughs) it was just the way that they lined up Mm -hmm. and they talk in word bubbles where I put images in Canva, and I actually quite love it. <laughs> I have been enjoying those. They're beautiful. Not as much as the sound clip idea that yes. you've been adding for, like, the Tuesday coming soon release. Yes, because, you know, mystery makes mm-hmm. me want to learn history. Ooh, new tagline. <laughs> TM, TM, that's ours. <laughs> Eating some joy your way with the... I already forgot what you said. <laughs> Mystery of history. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we don't have any banter because we saw each other Friday and it was a wild night. And it was a wild night. <laughs> D&D got cray. <laughs> cray cray. I mixed my slimes. <laughs> it was really off the rails, you guys. <laughs> There were no rules. I got paunched <laughs> many times. So many, so much paunching. Um, and I that's like, was that's a bird. A you were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just learned that Rob is actually writing our campaign. Yeah, I thought 
he just had it memorized, I guess. Like, I was a little confused why he didn't have a <laughs> if book. If anyone could memorize it, it would be him. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, maybe this is like his go-to one with beginner groups. And <laughs> no, it's because it's all in his brain. He also has the advantage because of that of telling us that something was completely on purpose, even if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that fuzzball just landed on your eyebrow like it was <laughs> meant to be there <laughs> i was really confused it was like no listen this is where i go <laughs> hey listen <laughs> i wonder if anybody will get that reference ryan will you obviously did <laughs> um i got new furniture yeah i'm sure everyone listening is excited about they are it was an opportunity furniture collecting because it would have been really dumb to just purchase new furniture mm-hmm. right now. This is, yeah, this is definitely that stage in our lives where we need new furniture very much, <laughs> but I refuse to buy it because we have a seven-year-old and three dogs. Uh. So anything we spend money on is still going to get destroyed. Yep. So we just make do. We got um, hand-me-down furniture because Mm -hmm. my aunt was getting rid of it to get new furniture, which worked out really well. We were originally going to bring it upstairs when the upstairs was done, and then we looked at our current sectional and we're like, yeah, mm, (laughs) no no matter what she brings in any condition is going to be better than this. Like, there could have been worms crawling out of it. It would have been nicer than what our sectional is like. So the sectional is going to come up here, and... But it was still, like, our sectional now lives in the library corner of my house. <laughs> there does seem to be an excess of furniture in your house right now. There's, like, four couches in your there's, living room. Oh, there's a couch in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, um, as you can tell, I have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> we did not prepare any topics for today. <laughs> this is just Jessica and Brienne catch up and talk about whatever <laughs> happens to tangent their way. If a squirrel runs by. <laughs> oh, a <little> squirrel. <laughs> or the turkeys. That... <laughs> In this episode, we just make animal noises. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> Let's talk about zebras. Nay. I like that your zebras nay. <laughs> All zebras are zebras. <laughs> this is my donkey zebra. This is my horse zebra. This is my Clydesdale zebra. Ooh, I want a Clydesdale zebra. <laughs> right. I'll take any of the uh, above mentioned, except maybe an actual zebra. <laughs> I don't think I want one of those. They seem mean. Really? I, yeah, they're kicky and kicky. Kicky. Have you ever That's choked on your spit? of the zebras secretly poisoning you. <laughs> they don't like it when I talk about their secrets. The only experience I have with zebras are the ones at the zoo that are usually with the giraffes. So I assume they are cool dudes. loving creatures. They have to keep them with the giraffes to keep them in line. (laughs) Giraffes just (laughs) kick them. Head slam them. Have you seen the video of the donkey um, who (laughs) really likes rubber chickens? 
No. <laughs> but I want to. Owner, she's fantastic. She's a TikToker, so I will, if I ever see it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> um, and I'll, I can repost it from Dungeons and Dopamine if I ever yeah. find it again. She got a rubber chicken in the mail for her donkey. She gave it to him, and he figured out that if he bites it and then flicks it around in his mouth, it squeaks constantly. <laughs> and he loves them. Like, runs around throwing his Aww. head around and bucking and squeaking his toy. And inevitably, he'll squeak it to death. Right. So As you, they do. Yep. So then you have to replace it. And so he'll run up with the dead one in his mouth and take the one that squeaks and go run around Aww. joyfully with it again. <laughs> so one of my alternate life goals, if, you know, I ended up with like stupid amounts of money or something happened or I suddenly learned how to write grants really well, I would, I really want to have a farm for unloved animals. And it would be like the one-eyed cats or the three-legged dogs or the senior dogs that get left behind in the shelters and it all started because there was a donkey listed on facebook <laughs> and it was a mentally handicapped donkey Aww. and it was special needs and it ne- it needed it like it was very friendly but it was like it had whatever the down syndrome version of sure. is for donkeys <laughs> and zach would not let me go get it it was probably because I was like eight months pregnant at the time. <laughs> and you but just I moved into a new home and... <laughs> but I don't know what the issue was. He's so mean, you guys. Um, so I do not have a handicapped donkey, but I do have a dog with Addison's disease. Ditto. And a dog that has like elbow joint issues. And, and one that gets... Um affected by life <laughs> one, yes yes one that has, is a little ocd about lights and reflections <laughs> and someday you're gonna have a special dog yep and a whole <laughs> farm full of broken unloved animals that live out the rest of their happy lives I feel like that'd need to be a full-time job oh yeah I'd have to have like farm hands and, and like money for because your old dogs, I'm, I'm just speaking from my experience with my old dog, who used to be incredibly active. So she went from like zero, 60 to zero is basically mm-hmm. how she went. She's an Australian Shepherd and still has a spurt every once in a while where she goes outside and like flings herself around. But then she's like, okay, I'm dead. <laughs> I need um, to lay down for three days now. But yeah. So she needs nice comfy bed Mm -hmm. and you'd probably have to change it after every single dog because older dogs also have incontinence lots of accidents yeah yep upset tummies sometimes and we basically have to have a vet on either on staff all the time or at least one we could call in like emergency vet style uh a friend of mine had a great idea if we ever you know got to a stage in our lives where we had time to write grants and things she would combine it with like a re-entry into the workforce Ooh. program, either for mentally handicapped individuals that that were still able to work but maybe, maybe needed extra guidance, or prisoners that had been released and needed help finding jobs and, and getting back into society. And then you combine it with like a therapy 
an additional like therapy thing that like equestrian therapy is huge right now and it would just I, I could save the world if somebody would just give me the money to do it. I just need it. a lot of <laughs> And, like, and, specialists. Yeah. And, and, like, a team of people to keep my life in track so that I can <laughs> yeah. Yeah. keep all of my ideas on track. Yeah. <laughs> I'll work at your um, farm, though. Yeah. You have to. And I'll do your social media. <laughs> Perfect. Because we're going to need tons of donations. From Absolutely. I'll be these. there taking pictures, dressing the animals up in costumes. Mm-hmm. I suppose I'll take pictures of that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yep. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'll bring Stella. She'll love it. Yeah. She'd be in heaven. And then Echo can come too, and her and Ralphie can just hang out. And growl at everyone. No, Echo doesn't growl. <laughs> but Ralph will for her. Yeah. He'll be her little bodyguard. <laughs> she would love it. <laughs> She'd be like, why are you Whoop. growling at me? I just hit my microphone with my slushy cup. Why are you always so abusive to your microphone? And it's between my microphone and it. <laughs> Deserves it, okay. <laughs> This is a weird year. It is a weird year. Do you know why? Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So while I was thinking about Zach and I's how we met or beginning of our relationship story, I was reminded that we have an anniversary this year because 2024 is in fact a leap year, a leap day year. (laughs) It was really hard to Google leap day year. There's... First of all, there's like six different types of calendars dating back to like the original calendars, and they all had their own version of a leap day. That's very irritating. It right? <laughs> or like some calendars had a whole month because the base. So if obviously, if you don't know, the reason we have a leap day is because the astronomical time does not actually match up perfectly with our current calendar system because it just doesn't evenly divide on you know however they're measuring how the sun and the earth science science people have made this determination science people (laughs) and so in our calendar in our gregorian calendar we have a leap day and this is one thing i did not know so if you start with the the jurian calendar which we talked about recently with all my new year's day stuff Except when you say Jorian, it just reminds me of an eyeball ring. <laughs> and now we have to spend the whole rest of the episode talking about Sarah J. Moss books. <laughs> but the Jurian calendar, actually it's the Julian calendar, so <laughs> obviously I have Jurian on the brain anyway. The Julian calendar um, threw in a leap day, but it was just any uh, every four years there was a leap day with our current our Gregorian calendar even that wasn't close enough it couldn't just be every four years so it is actually every year that is exactly divisible by four is a leap year except for years that are exactly divisible by 100 but these centurial years are leap years if they are exactly divisible by 400 for example the years (laughs) 1700 1800 and 1900 are not leap years but the years 1600 and 2000 are. Did you know it had to be that specific? Um, obviously, <laughs> yes. 
I would have told you all of that if you had just asked. That is common knowledge. Come Even on. kindergartners know that. Let's bring Carly up here to teach you. <laughs> so that's why we have a leap day. As I said, other calendars, there's one that has like a whole month. There's a meme going around right now with the Breaking Bad guys, uh, Brian Cranston and Jesse. At the, yeah. I'm mixing up their names. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> um, and he's like, there should be 13 months and each of them should be 28 days. And it's supposed, like, his <laughs> math seems to work out. I'm not smart enough to have actually tried to math it out. It's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently the scientists have decided that this is how it must be. So 2024 is a leap day year. And... There are actually a few things, a few leap day traditions beyond just the fact that we have to have it for science things. And the most well-known one, especially since I talked about it last week, is um, this is mostly an Irish tradition, and it is that women can propose to the to men on leap day. And this comes from the story with um, Saint Bridget or Saint Saint. Depending on how you decide you want to refer to her, and she made a deal with St. Patrick that, you know, to be equal, women should be able to propose to men. And he was like, Well, I'll give you guys like one day every seven years or something. And she was like, Fine, but how about every four years? He was like, Fine, I guess. So we had to have a whole day for it, but we can only have it every four years, and it can, um, we can propose to them to men. And in I some, have so much to say <laughs> on the equal, uh, like the equality part of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, but it's still not very common in the United States or any all. cultures for women to propose to yeah. men. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I've never, I've never thought about proposing. I mean, I am married and have been for <laughs> eleven years, so, so it would be about, weird if you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Pedro walked in. <laughs> Just down on one knee. You would not even <laughs> wait for leap day. <laughs> um, there were actually some parts of Ireland and some cultures where they actually made it illegal for a man to say no <laughs> if a woman proposed to him oh, on I leap day. I hate that. I but, hate that. But the fine for it was only that the man had to, like, in some cultures or some stories, he had to buy her 12 pairs of gloves you know, to hide her unwed finger. Or you might have to buy her, like, a new silk dress so she can go attract a new suitor, like, new fabric for a new d- dress. Like, it wasn't... He didn't go to jail for it. <laughs> Good. Especially because, like, can you imagine you've been, like, courting with a man and then leap day comes and, like... Cindy from down the road comes and <laughs> She, like, runs up first thing that morning. He opens the door, and she's waiting for him. Uh, down on his knee. <laughs> You're mine now. <laughs> Sucker. Um, one story said that a man who said no might also have to perform a juggling trick on <laughs> Easter Day. So I assume in, like, in some cultures it was kind of just used as, like, a silly, you know, some towns will make silly, like, today is superhero day and the whole city celebrates super. So I assume it was something like that. But, and I'll post these when we, when this episode airs, the United, of course the United States got into this leap day thing and took it, like, 
way further than it needed to go. <laughs> and all they made all these like postcards, and it's all from like 1904, 1908, 1912. And one of them, and this, and I remember finding this one when I decided to propose to Zach. And it's cute. It, it's just like the old style kid drawings. And it says a leap year proposal. Um, in leap year, it's the thing for gals. No. In leap <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, it says in leap year, it's the thing for girls, their preferences to state. And so I guess that I propose that we should make a date. Aww. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. Adorable. But then they get super aggressive. <laughs> oh, like... No. These poor men are being like accosted by women in the woods, just like waiting for that for him to walk by so they can like jump out and propose to him. Like, um, in this one, she's like threatening him <laughs> say yes, or I'll press this button. And, um, <laughs> this one is just a woman chasing a man with a net <laughs> and it says you're not safe in 1908 unless you have your marriage license <laughs> so so they took this kind of cute tradition and you know made it this women only want one thing and they're literally going to like track you down and force you into marriage because what else could they possibly do this is the the only time in my entire life that I can think of those horrible cake toppers of like the woman yeah. dragging the man in. Which normally I hate those. I think those are <laughs> highly offensive and if Ryan had suggested one I would have been like let's just not get married. If, if I have to drag you to the altar I don't then want I go. don't want to marry you. They must have made them at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah. This was all for the like like I said, I'll post the, um, or I'll post some of them, but I'll also post the link. There's a whole website, by the way, that's just, it's, it's like basically an old Angel Fire website and it's just <laughs> devoted to leap year babies or like leap year information. And there's like message boards where you can tell your leap year baby story. And a, a lot of them had issues with like doctors would try to falsify their birth certificate and say like, no, we'll just say she was born on the 28th or we'll just say she was born on March 1st because nobody wants a new year uh, or a leap day baby. Um, or <laughs> like they, apparently it's a big problem. There are computer systems like when you are asked your birthday, if you try to put in February 29th, they won't recognize it as a date. <sighs> So they like this website talks about what to do in these situations, which I thought was ridiculous and awesome. <laughs> right. So I'll post the link to that. There's all these incredibly offensive postcards about how women have to force and trick men into marrying us. Um, most people think of Leap Day. There was a movie in 2010 called Leap Year, which is actually probably the probably where I heard about it the first time. But in her, in this movie, it's, I think her name is Amy Adams. She's oh, like, yeah. her boyfriend is in Ireland and she learns about Leap Day and she travels to Ireland to try to like track him down and propose to him before the day is over. I don't remember how it ends or if it's actually cute or a little bit disturbing <laughs> or like he treats yeah. her awfully. I'm sure there's some sort of like. She gets there and he's cheating. Yeah. He actually turns out to be a terrible person because yep. that's what we did in the 2010s. <laughs> But other than that, so if you are waiting for an excuse to propose to your boyfriend, you know, leap day is this year. I, for my own proposal, I bought Zach a watch because 
it felt weird to buy him a ring. <laughs> and um, it was cute, but awkward because that's what I am. <laughs> and it, I mean, we're still here. It, it'll be 12 years this year. So yeah. that's awesome. I remember getting the photo of the watch before you proposed. <laughs> I couldn't remember. There was only like three people I told besides my work friends because they were there for they, me to yeah, plan it. They created but I think it. it was just you, Jenna, Jody, and Jen. I'm sure. Just my four J's apparently. <laughs> I can only be friends with you if your name starts with a J. <laughs> um, other leap day traditions. Um, like I said, there's this crazy website where people that are born on February 29th can join like this honor society of leap year babies. They've determined or they've made February 29th or actually it's the last day of February is rare disease day. Oh. Which um, raises awareness for rare diseases and improve helps improve access to treatment and medical representation, which kind is of fitting. A, like a fun shtick yeah. to do. Like I know that the idea of that isn't a joke but right. i like what they've chosen to do mm-hmm. with that i was gonna say that it should just be purge day but that's much better <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh, in greece it is considered unlucky to get married on a leap year so one in five engaged couples in greece will actually plan to avoid getting married in a leap year There is a town in Texas called Anthony, Texas, that in 1988 declared itself the leap year capital of the world. (laughs) There's a leapling birthday club. Can we just declare ourselves the leap year podcast of the world? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to write to um, Guinness World Records. Perfect. And have it declared. There are there are Guinness World Records of families that have had multiple babies born on February 29th. Like one of them had three babies that had not like triplets. That would be cheating. <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> three separate separate children that have all been born on February 29th. I tried to look through the list of famous leap day babies, but the only one I really recognized was Ja Rule, and honestly, I can't even tell you what he does. I know he's like a rapper or a I was gonna say, I think he's entertainer of some sort. Isn't he in The Fast and Furious as well? I don't know. No, probably. <laughs> and um, I also found out that in at some point, Time Magazine declared that Superman's birthday is February 29th. I don't know why Time Magazine decided it, but it was a big thing. Okay, but like, can we just, is this like, can we just make declarations? (laughs) Apparently, if you are a magazine, yes. Vengeance and Dopamine (laughs) Magazine says, this podcast is the best in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm in. (laughs) Publish it. Get it to the presses. (laughs) I'm I'm digging it. I just don't understand why <laughs> you get to make those decisions. Like, like you can just make your town the leap year baby capital of the world? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, have you done anything to earn that? Because <laughs> there a reason? Anyway, interesting. Yeah. I don't know a lot. Of, I didn't know about... A lot about Yeep Lear. <laughs> well, that's because that's not a thing. Okay. I don't know about English. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, there are a bunch of like children's books written about 
having a birthday on Leap Day because it happens often enough that like children are sad that they don't get their birthday every oh, year. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that too. Yeah. It was, I mean, just stuff I hadn't thought about about this day that only exists every four years. I remember having a few like school talks about it when it happened while we were in school. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, oh, it's leap year, huh? <laughs> That's exactly how I remember it. Every time, every class you walked into, they'd be like, yeah, leap day. Woo. <laughs> uh, and I think they'd point out that, you know, some kids' birthdays. I don't know if anyone we knew was, but. Um, there is someone, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I have a cousin. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> I have a cousin that I'm not close with whose mom is a leap year baby. Or a leap day baby. dog was born on leap day. <laughs> we used to celebrate it the one time. <laughs> uh, I feel like... I feel like this whole episode has just been something. Something different. I agree. Um, the second episodes just get kind of squirrely sometimes. <laughs> the third ones can get totally unhinged. But fourth episodes are like not exciting at all. It's just us going, yeah, I yes. agree with you. I also agree with that. <laughs> So, I've no, um, the dog man is on seven years. So that's just like leap year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Insert cheesy smile here. (laughs) Feeling the image for this episode. Not, not catacombs, not leap year, not like a calendar. (laughs) Just me going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which people can totally see. <laughs> I can see it, and that's really um, that's Dungeons matters. and Dopamine magazine says that's all that matters. <laughs> yep. Um, I have a topic for you. <gasps> Tell me. As long as I'm not interrupting. No, you're good. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about the rest of this. <laughs> okay. Shh. Now it's my turn. We are not in Anthony, Texas. We do not need to talk about Leap Day anymore. I do feel like it'd be cool to have, like, I don't know, something fun on that. I wonder if I could declare Fruitland Township something (gasps) similar, like, as my last motion before I retire my local government. I'll just declare Fruitland Township, like, Dragon Day (laughs) in like force the resolution into like we have to buy a hot air balloon that that has our logo on it (laughs) that flies over the entire township every year on june 5th do you remember the hand puppets those are everyone's about to learn about the hand puppets i had to trim stuff out of that episode and i got to those and i was like none of this is going (laughs) this has to stay So, this is a part two, not of love, which was what I talked about last week. We talked about last week. I'm sorry for cutting you out of this. Jeez, Jessica. I did it better. We <laughs> share this podcast, okay? I talked about love better than you. Dungeons and <laughs> Dopamine Magazine says. 
Jessica talks about love better. <laughs> um, sorry, we talked about love, but this is not the continuation of love. There is no love. <laughs> We're done with We're that. Done okay. With love. Um, the catacombs of Paris. Yes, I'm which excited. I I edited the episode recently, and it was still as exciting to listen to <laughs> as it was to tell. Um, I think everyone should go watch some of the videos and stuff. It's just so f- cool. <laughs> anyway. She's so excited, you guys. <laughs> you know, it's so weird. So, I talked about how cool the history of the catacombs was. Talked about how they got started. And that, you know, they're, there's not very much of it that the public is able to see. And etc, etc for like 25 minutes. <laughs> but now... <laughs> I want to talk about the the mystery and the mythos and the conspiracies about the catacombs. So, the catacombs. I'm gonna. I'm saying this with a chuckle because of <sighs> because of Pavalia. So the combs are believed to be one of the most haunted places in the world. But so was Pavalia. <laughs> And they were dirty liars. (laughs) They kept such good records that they couldn't be haunted. (laughs) But also, there is definitely proof of many, many bones in these catacombs. So much Not like those fake millions of people, thousands of people (laughs) that died on that island. (laughs) So, true. Very true. Now, there are claims of people hearing whispers, moans... And seeing shadow people, which Ooh. is my least favorite mm-hmm. ick of all the icks. <laughs> now, it's something I read. I wrote, it said. <laughs> it said that the boneyard changes after midnight. And if you're down there, you'll start hearing the walls speak to you. And what they're saying is whatever it takes to get you to go further into the catacombs to get lost and and become one of the voices in the wall. More wine this way. <laughs> Poppies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yay! <laughs> That's how I die in the catacombs. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, put some shiny lights down a hallway and I'll <laughs> walk myself right down there. Ooh. <laughs> you won't go into their home, but or you'll go to their home, but they can't come into yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember. I mentioned at the very end last weeks. <laughs> it was a leap week. <laughs> According to Dungeons and Dopamine magazine, it was a leap week. <laughs> And that's when I mentioned <laughs> the man that had walked in from the hospital and gotten lost and passed away. Mm-hmm. It's said that his ghost will be seen in the area near his tombstone. And it's kind of trying to find its way out. Poor man. And also creepy. Ugh. No. <laughs> Not at all. It's just sad. He just needs some directions. Dungeons and Dopamines magazine says, nah. just give him directions. <laughs> he just needs help, okay? Apparently, uh, Ghost Adventures, who we know was on Pavalia and had a bad reaction to Shellfish, uh, they were 
they did an episode which i once again did not watch and they had a lot of experience even some of their equipment stolen which is pretty scary yeah what do you think the ghosts do with the equipment (laughs) (laughs) they record voices to put in the walls of the boneyard they're like i don't want to do this every night anymore can we just set this up to repeat (laughs) like like, look i really want to catch up on my shows (laughs) larry's trying to retire this year you guys we need a way to play this (laughs) exactly there are and there are photos of these which are some of them are not safe for work you gotta be careful looking through them a lot of bones of explorers who have been lost which of course don't include the ones that would have been in the boneyards right um there's a lot of people who get lost while exploring down there and while a lot of them do get out not all of them do so you will stumble across a decomposing body or um one that has been in a collapse and uh, yeah I didn't look at I didn't stumble onto the not safe for work photos very willingly but I did and I did not dig into them mm-hmm. um, what I saw said they get worse as they oh. go <laughs> no thank you yeah so one very creepy story I want to tell you and you can find the footage of this online very easily in the 1990s, a group of the cataphiles, if you'll remember, those are the people who mm-hmm. explore. Urban explorers is what I would call them, but they specifically do the catacombs. They found a camera, video camera, on the ground. And the camera's footage, you can hear, it's like a first-person point of view. They're walking through the catacombs, and you can hear a lot of really creepy noises. You can tell that the man who's carrying the video or carrying the camera is lost and he can't find a way to escape. So I'm going to read this part. The more they watched it, the cataphiles, the more it became clear the man was going mad in the underground network of tunnels. Oh my gosh. The video ends abruptly with the man dropping the camera to the ground. To this day, no one knows who he is or if he ever managed to get out alive. It's believed that he's the inspiration for a movie that came out called As Above, So Below. It's kind of terrifying. I didn't listen to it with the sound on. I just (laughs) watched the general... I I didn't watch much of it. I just watched kind of the split second before he drops the camera. It's really scary. And he doesn't... Unless the clip I watched cut it off, he doesn't go running forward. He just drops the camera, which would make me assume he went backwards. Right. Why? Why would you drop? <laughs> it's it's very eerie. <laughs> so as far as hauntings, I didn't find a whole lot of information. Just some about the shadow people, which is terrifying enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. need more than that. <laughs> and then... The, they say that you can see the ghost of the guy who was stuck down there. Mm-hmm. I did find a lot, though, about human alive creepiness, which I find far more terrifying mm-hmm. than like ghosts and zombies and monsters. A lot of different websites online. I went through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they talked about an 
actual civilization of people who live in the catacombs. They all said that people, these people who live there don't like tourists and they don't like anybody from the surface. They consider anyone of any nationality a tourist. And they have people who will run up, grab your flashlight and your map and run away. No, thank you. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> so we are not adding the catacombs to our list of places to visit? Only the tourist right. parts with the bones. <laughs> In the middle of the day. Yes, yes, yes. With when tour it's guides. safe, yes. Now, I did also stumble upon people who said that this was a rumor. Okay. A lot of cataphiles go in and out just fine. I've never had this, but some people claim that there are people that will do this. And I could see it. Yeah. I could believe it. In 2004, there was a group of police officers doing like a training exercise down there. They were searching, but it was also training, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. And they found some, I wrote some strange things. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. That's all you get to know. Woohoo! Okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> so, I'm going to read this as it was written. First, they found a PA system playing pre-recorded guard dog barking. Then they found 3,000 square feet of galleries wired for phones using pirated electricity. They also, the officers also found a bar living area, workshop, lounge, and even a cinema with room to seat 20 people. The cinema sheets <laughs> The cinema seats had been carved into the stone of the catacombs. Holy cow. The creepiest part of the whole thing was that there were cameras recording them on the ceiling. Oh. The ceiling had also been um this is not part of what I had just read, but <clears throat> the ceiling was also painted with stars of david swastikas and celtic crosses which does suggest that whoever had done this wasn't religious fanatic they were just a group mm -hmm. they believe that the amphitheater which was the area rigged with the dog barking was to scare anybody who might be exploring mm -hmm. away so then the police went back a few days later and everything was gone the power lines were cut everything was missing there was a note on the floor that said don't try to find us <laughs> okay okay no problem dungeons and dopamine says we won't <laughs> oh, sorry dungeons and dopamine magazine, magazine says we won't <laughs> a group called the mexican consolidated drilling authority admitted to being the culprits of all of this and they apparently organize art events in the catacombs well, where they cool. do this kind of stuff. And it's seemingly quite revered within artist circles and stuff like that. They've been a club doing this in rundown areas of their city, of Paris in this case, for 40 years. Oh, that's cool. It reminds me of that episode of Gilmore Girls with the Secret Society. You jump, I jump, Jack. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's one of my most favorite episodes Same. ever. It reminds me of that. Like yes. a secret society. In Omnia Paratus. It also reminds me of the box trolls. <laughs> it reminds me of the um, the buttercream gang. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you know, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cataphiles that I've mentioned previously are said to sometimes have pool parties in the pools, the natural occurring pools down okay. there. The thing that freaks me out about them is that the pools are really hard to reach sometimes, and they can be so deep that you will only have a few inches of air to, like, stick your head oh, out. Oh, no. That's what I no, said. Thanks. There were some pictures of people, and all you could see was from their neck up, and their heads were touching ceilings. But so I was like, yeah, no. Can't do it. I'll swim at my uh, hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for you guys at the hotel. And then as I was researching this, someone said, it's basically like swimming in cold human soup because there's so many dead bodies down Oh, no. And I was like, I can't oh, anymore. No. Um, and then I said, I saw something that said, and this is mostly a satire, but that they flood the tunnels on purpose to keep the monsters wet. And I was like, no, thank you. Okay, <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Uh, yeeted myself right out of that <laughs> right situation. Right out of that whole thought process thing. I was still curious about people living below because it didn't say if that group lived in the catacombs or just went down there for these events. Right. So Set it up and tore down and yeah, exactly. moved it around. So I came across a little bit of everything. I saw that, that there was a society started in World War II of people who were hiding down there and they've been living and reproducing down there which is almost the most terrifying one to me to think that the natural changes that a body would make to live down there mm -hmm. to thrive down there would especially in a Could war start a whole new race of people exactly like night vision people yes <laughs> <laughs> someone wrote there's just a group of dudes that live down there like 80% of the time. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I was like, scientific, very good. <laughs> just a group of dudes. <laughs> they got tired of their wives. <laughs> just they wanted a place out. to do their fo <laughs> fantasy football Sunday get together. So they uh, went down to the catacombs and they were like, this is fine. This is nice. We don't cool. ever have to leave. Hey guys, have you tried the cold body soup? <laughs> There were some people that said no. There's absolutely no one living down there. But it's and how many miles of tunnels? It's, oh, I'm sorry, uh, like 1,500 yeah. miles. It was something absurd. Like how, and I'm, people get lost and die just like looking yes. through them. Like how can you be sure? Exactly. And it would be, I mean, there's obviously ways to pirate electricity down there. Mm -hmm. Aside from the dampness, which would be but the biggest people choose problem. to live in like humidity places. Exactly. Just I mean, there's there's ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are some photos that I saw. These ones thankfully were not safe for work of people like creeping around corners, like watching from around corners. I saw some with people wearing masks. Oh no. And now it would be that really would easy. Freak, that would I would die. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if I was on a tour there and, like, looked and there was a person around the corner wearing a mask, I'd, <laughs> I'd pee my pants and run out of there. Like, never live it down. <laughs> Especially if they're like, hey, you want to come to this human soup pool? <laughs> Dungeons and Dopamine Magazine says it's the best cold body soup pool around. <laughs> 
four stars. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. <laughs> I I do. I mean, these photos would be so easy to to fake. Mm-hmm. There was there's an artist who does very eccentric photos, and there's an image of him nakedly running at his camera in the catacombs, and he calls it like an art piece. So, and somebody else has that same story, but it's like we were wandering through the catacombs, and there was this weird guy that was running at us naked. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, uh, it's really hard to tell, but it is still terrifying. I mean, the pictures of the catacombs are are, if you didn't have any problem with spa- tight spaces, but I do. So, looking at right. them is already dis- difficult and disturbing. And then there's a guy peeking around the corner in, like, a Satan mask. <laughs> right. It's terrifying. But logistically, if you were homeless in Paris... Yeah. And you needed a clean, safe, safe, dry place... Yeah. And you could somehow legitimately set up a system to get through there without, you know, getting lost and dying. Yeah. Heck, yeah, I would. Right. Exactly. I mean, no, I probably wouldn't because I really like sunshine. <laughs> and but I it, hate dark, dark dank, right. tight spaces but at least a place to sleep mm-hmm. like i'd probably go find myself a corner of the catacombs every night and it's cool in the parisian summers where it's hot mm-hmm. you'd be nice and cool <laughs> there's fresh water spaces in there mm-hmm. um and go for a swim in the cold body soup if i want to <laughs> clean myself up <laughs> talk with the voices in the walls <laughs> one of the most disturbing things that i read and i don't know why it freaked me so much was that Someone saying, you won't find a lot about the communities of people online, but if you go to Paris and you speak mouth to mouth with people, they know. And that really freaked me out for some reason. (laughs) Right? Like, is there a group of people actively scouring the internet to take down mention of them? Stop telling people about us. (laughs) We're better than Disney at keeping your name out my wife's lips or whatever no keep your <laughs> my wife's name out your dang mouth <laughs> uh, there there's a church down below that was discovered and it's beneath another church oh that's cool there's a fountain of spring water in it so See, there's some more it's fresh really everything water. you need i had to dread it because that's what we do mm-hmm wanted to see what people were saying one redditor said that they heard music and they followed it and found orchestra students performing they even had a um a violin case set out for donations that would be cool one man said that he visited and the only part he found terrifying was the tiny spaces um he did say they ran into a stoner who told him about an exit they didn't know about (laughs) (laughs) in 1824 a murder happened there was a man who was courting this wealthy widow and he was a torchbearer for the catacombs so he told the widow and her daughter he would give them a tour and they all went in and only he ever came oh. out that's i couldn't so find she a probably lot haunts that. it there too probably and, and her daughter probably anybody who looks like that dude creepo there was a heist from the catacombs they, in 2017, a group of thieves used the catacombs to access the underground vault of a nearby apartment building. They drilled through the limestone walls to gain access to a collection of vintage wine with a value of nearly $275,000. I think I vaguely remember that story. 
Maybe now that you said it, I do too. Or, yeah. or you're just putting the idea in my mind. <laughs> Dungeons and Dopamine Dungeons and Dopamine magazine says you remember. Absolutely. <laughs> also, apparently, it's a really good place to grow mushrooms. Not mushrooms. I mean, you probably could. Maybe, yeah. I guess, which which one? But um, they grow them there, and they they taste really good when you grow them there. All right. <laughs> It was something the Napoleon, the Napoleonic armies, they hid there and found it as the perfect place to grow mushrooms, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Like damp, dark, and dank. dark, and yeah, perfect. Humid. That was, that was what I found. I mean, it's a terrible ending. Um, <laughs> mushrooms that are delicious. Conclude better, Jessica. <laughs> Dungeons and dag, dag, dag it. <laughs> Angry beavers now. <laughs> Norbit. Dang it. Uh, Gosh, I had not thought about the angry beavers in so <laughs> yeah. long. And now you do. I'm wearing you for that. Um, all real monster skin. <gasps> Yay. Dungeons and Dopamine magazine says that was a great ending. The best ending <laughs> of 2024. <laughs> of 2014. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That's so. really like they're. I mean, there's always topics where I'm like, I want to research more. But last week when you di- when you finished, I was like, no, let's like let's keep going. It was so interesting, and there's still so much out there. I did at the point where I was getting these notes for today, it was st- <coughs> starting to get repetitive, mm-hmm. especially when I started searching for like the creepier things. It was all the same. Well, and, and it's it's almost like our United States versions of like haunted houses, right? Yeah. Like you want to go in there and scare yourself yes, because exactly. it's not as cool if you don't. I do think that a good 80% of the fear of the catacombs, especially knowing why the bones are there and how they were exhumed and treated very respectfully now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't scare me anymore. Right. And like, that's one thing that they tried to make scary. And it was so pretty. Yes. Like the fact that they such a, arranged the bones in such yeah. a way to like make real walls and make sure that they stood for years and they like do upkeep and Yeah. And yeah. someone did say it is really overwhelming and a little scary to think that those were all people at some point. Oh well, yeah. And like a a poke at your mortality. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, but it's not... The most scary thing to me is the tight dark. Right. Like, so dark. There's no light penetrating. And that man watching me around the corner with a mask uh, okay. <laughs> It's just the stoner. He'll let you know where the nearest exit is. Don't worry. He's, he's fine. <laughs> I did read more than one thing that said people go down there to get stoned all the time. Oh, absolutely. So they also smell like weed. <laughs> <laughs> this dark, scary place that just smells like skunk all the time. I it smells like why. New York down here. True. <laughs> Sorry, that was my experience in New York. <laughs> well, it was recently legal. Yeah, and that's why they were it was. very excited. They were very excited. So, I think the catacombs are still fascinating. I'd love to I do kind of want to go there. I do. I, so, someday when we're, we're famous from the podcast, we'll be able to go on like a world tour where we just yes. visit all the sites that we talk about. So we're going to have to talk about some more cool sites. Oh, for sure. There's some more <laughs> catacombs that I'd like to talk about. There we go. I think there are some Scottish ones that Ooh. I want to talk about. I think if you talk about 
word origins and the different origins from different countries we could get away with going to all those countries mm-hmm. i just had deja we vu totally go to <laughs> germany and poland at this Duh. point <laughs> you're getting so good at this I'm amazing you've really been working on your it foreign used languages to be offensive now it's quirky <laughs> I like the catacombs. I'd love to learn more. I I would go back into the scientific side of it because mm-hmm. I feel like I really drained all of the creepies. <laughs> like, it's not scary anymore, guys. No, I feel like even the hauntings, I was like, oh, I really want to see some cool ghost stories. <sighs> no, you know what? Just tell me more about that. <laughs> you were like, okay, stop making up ghost <laughs> stories. <laughs> exactly. So... That's that. That's the catacombs in Paris. You now know everything there is to know about them. Except everything. you don't. Everything. <laughs> Dungeons and Dopamine magazine says, I know everything about the catacombs. <laughs> and Dungeons and Dopamine magazine is never wrong. <laughs> Ever. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> they said so. <laughs> Dungeons and Dopamine magazine says, Dungeons and Dopamine magazine is never wrong. <laughs> Look, if we can declare, we're going to (laughs) declare. We're going full force ahead. (laughs) I'm in. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So this was Dungeons and Dopamine Podcast. And you can listen to us anywhere you stream podcasts and on YouTube. You can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Dungeons Dopamine. And Dungeons and Dopamine magazine says you totally should support us on Patreon. Absolutely. And now it is in stone and it shall be. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Insta, and Reddit. You can reach out to us on any of those socials as well as our email, dungeonsdopamine at yahoo.com. And Dungeons and Dopamine is edited and published by Argyle Pigeon Productions. That's it. Thank you. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye.